Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to Fright Night. She just goes a little mad sometimes. Wolfman's got an heart. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Whatever you do, don't Asleep. We have such sights to show you. Hey, everybody. What's up? And welcome back to another episode with the Jersey Ghouls. And tonight we are joined once again by one of our absolutely favorite repeat guests. AJ, you're here Hi. again. Hello. you know with the with the bad that's about to happen the one good i'm gonna take away from tonight is that this means that you've graduated and you're ready for the next level of horror like i I don't no more (laughs) softballs down no more meatballs down the middle you're ready for a real horror movie now you say that but i'm still terrified of the idea (laughs) (laughs) well AJ is joining us tonight. Uh, it's a twofold situation. Ooh. We are continuing our summer of suburban horror with The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. And since it's a Conjuring movie, we have to try to scare AJ once again. And spoiler alert, we didn't scare AJ this time. <laughs> oh my goodness, we did not. And you know what? Mm. I feel like this is null and void. This means we immediately have to follow up with another episode with a much scarier movie. Uh, okay, I guess. Because <laughs> now you're completely desensitized. Is, I, is okay. the thing? Well, okay, hold on. Desensitized. I don't think it's the right word. I think the I think the phrase you're looking for is, "I need to have a scary movie to scare me." <laughs> oh boy, shots are being fired already. Yeah, yeah. Um, like almost instantly. We knew it was going to go downhill because something very funny happened in the beginning. And AJ just started laughing uncontrollably. And it's like, well, there goes the neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, I did. I'm, I'm, I know I'm worried that we've like somehow ruined you. Like, I no, don't know. <laughs> no, no. You know what? No, I think it's the movie. I think that, you know what? AJ had told me uh, right after we watched it, one of the main reasons why it didn't scare him. And I think that's fuel to the fire for us because i like i know how to scare aj <laughs> that's true you do <laughs> i know yeah. how to scare aj would be a great name of, of like a, a horror movie i'd watch that yeah. <laughs> have it in the wood style <laughs> <laughs> all right so real quick in case you haven't seen this one i know this one's still relatively new obviously spoilers abound here um 
Jackie, would you give us a quick rundown of just a quick little Jackie synopsis? Because I feel, I suspect a lot of people will have not seen this. Sure thing. So in The Conjuring 3, we start out with the exorcism of a little boy. And through the exorcism, uh, you know, it's one of the classic adult hero moments. You know, take me instead, take me instead. And so the devil does take the adult instead. Uh, he goes on to commit a murder and the whole plot revolves around him going to court saying that he's not guilty because of possession of the devil. You know, it's like, yes, he murdered somebody. He's not denying that, but it's not his fault because the devil made him do it. I unknowingly already knew this story. A couple months ago, I'm flipping through uh, Discovery Plus and A Haunting, the TV show, A Haunting is on Discovery Plus. And it's a show that I watched constantly. Uh, Brian and I watched it all the time. So I just kind of like, that's a show I can just put on and let it go through each of the seasons. Well, there's an episode about a little boy that lives in Massachusetts. He gets possessed by the devil and there is an exorcism. And the way that the episode wrapped up is the kid gets, you know, exercised, the demons are exercised. And that's kind of the end of the story. Like they kind of cut it off there. Um, they make no mention of anything else that happens. They make no mention of Arnie. Uh, the, it's, it's it, the little boy that gets possessed. It's his older sister's boyfriend, Arnie. Uh, they make no mention of, of him or anything like that. And then a few weeks ago, there's another documentary on Discovery Plus, and it's like, Conjuring the Devil Made Me Do It, the true story. And when I watched that, I realized it's the same story. They're using, they're literally using like talking head interviews and clips from that a haunting episode in this documentary. Well, now they're going into everything that they didn't go into in that episode. So now there's all new information. Um, so knowing the story and then seeing what they did with the movie, there's, there's a laundry list of reasons why I think this movie uh, failed. And I think the story, the, the plot is, is clearly one of the ways it really fell flat. Like I fully understand the need to, you know, take your artistic license, but I think it just... Uh, this was, this is the last movie in the Conjuring cinematic universe. This is a real disappointing end. Yeah. Um, so m I'm going to say that this is the movie that to me is arguably the most unethical of all of their portrayals because of the nature of the truth behind the real case. And just the fact that like, what bothered me the most was the ending made it seem like they somehow successfully argued and, and were able to use this notion of demonic possession in court. When in reality, the, in the case itself, the court literally threw out their argument. Mm -hmm. Literally, they were like, this is fucking garbage. And no, the court will not accept the idea of demonic possession. The jury's instructed to do nothing with that fucking information. Y'all are the fucking, you know, uh, what's the word for like a person who tries to trick people? Like um, charlatan. Char yeah, y'all are just a bunch of charlatans, which is kind of what I think they are after all this. And, and the only reason why the kid got manslaughter instead of murder was because he pled down. He pled self-defense. So it's like, they changed like to to make the movie seem like they successfully argued this in court. I think is deeply problematic. Um, 
And again, it was just, it fell so flat with any, like, and it's, it's weird because I really do like the director. I like the actors. I, I really wanted this to work. I really did. And yeah. you know, I'm underwhelmed by the Conjuring movies on a good day. So for me, this was just, yeah, it was just disappointing and it felt very duplicitous. Whereas the other movies, I feel like they just had fun with the truth. This one felt like they were overtly trying to romanticize these two people who are like questionable on a good day, you know? Yeah. There was a, there was a lot <laughs> going on with that. Like the whole, at some point I turned to Jackie when we were watching and I said, I feel like I'm watching a whodunit murder mystery. I, w- I would have rather watched Clue and gotten the same satisfaction with what with what I saw versus, you know, this whole why did this all happen? How are how is everything connected and all that? I just uh, yeah, didn't scare me, which I think speaks volumes for the record. Like I was saying to AJ off air, like the fact that this movie did not at all scare you is to me the equivalent of like two thumbs down, uh, you know, a Razzie and 10 other panned like it's just the most powerful review we could give it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like the parts that were like meant to be scary were were so like, what's the word? Uh, uh, you could see them coming a mile away, you know, like they're the section when uh, Arnie is first dealing with this whole possession thing. And the moment when he actually is murdering the uh, the landlord and everything like it gets all dark and you and the guy's chasing after him. And it's like, you know, he's going to stab the dude. You know that it's going to be a thing coming at him at, from the dark, and it just, for somebody who doesn't watch scary movies, I knew that was coming a mile away, and normally, I'm still terrified when it happens, but because that section was just so outside of what the rest of what was happening around, like, it was happy-go-lucky, we got the sunshine, and, you know, oh, we got some little creepy things happening, but then all of a sudden, we have, I'm possessed, and I'm stabbing, and oh my god, like it was it was dumb it was just bad yeah the few moments of actual scary were very isolated moments and really i think one of the if we can even call it scariest moments was the possession of the little kid in the beginning and then they ruin it by clunking the priest in the head with that plate oh, that, was so that made me that made it me laugh ridiculous. That made i laughed out loud so hard at that and jackie turns to me and she just goes oh no oh no this is <laughs> not done. what we want <laughs> We're done. Um, I, I, I don't want to say that this was all bad because they there's a line in the movie that brings up a really good point that I re- I hung on to it and I really like the concept. And it's uh, Ed Warren that says, you know, we let God into the courtroom every single time when we swear to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. So how can we deny the devil in the courtroom if we are accepting of God, because if you've got one, you've got the other. Isn't that the whole, you know, good versus evil? That's the, that's the, you know, the dynamic of, of Christianity. Like, why are we denying the, how, how can we ethically deny the devil yet you have to swear on a Bible to tell the whole truth and nothing but the truth. And I'm, I'm going to point my, uh, my question to Marissa, who actually has you know, criminal justice background. So, so Riss, help me out with that. Like, what is your take on that? So uh, I have to say that I, I find it problematic that we do use the Bible in court. Um, I find it problematic that anything within the public sector or especially in the criminal justice system, which relies on, you know, things like that. But to say that we use God in court 
is a, a completely logical fallacy. I mean, we we don't. Uh, uh, short of swearing on the Bible, religious ideologies are rarely ever hold weight with the exception of First Amendment cases. So I, I, I find it laughable. I think this film for me really kind of jumped out with like my, the things that make me not really not like this series because I feel like this really highlighted the problematic nature of the secret right-wing Christian agenda sometimes inadvertently pushed in these films like I kind of feel like okay so Ed Warren in addition to allegedly being a pedophile I read that he literally yeah he literally dated and and lived with a 15 year old prior to to hooking up with Lorraine I think he has I know he's dead, but he had such a disturbing background. And so they were both so devoutly Catholic. And and I find that the film shoves religion down your throat in a way that I always am icked out by. I don't think a devil possession should ever hold weight in court. I don't think exorcism should hold weight in court. And I certainly don't think that anything related to, oh, the God made me do it would be just as ridiculous. So yeah, I don't, I, I think it was a, a a miscarriage of justice to make it seem like a court would ever not throw that away. Are you allowed to decline the yes, whole you, hand on the Bible you may, you may refuse to swear on a Bible, but you do have to- You're just to. outing yourself to be like, you know, yes, that I'm going to lie now. No, yeah. I mean, well, no, often, I just mean that, like, you know, if I ever had to do that, I'm yes, not you can. My hand you on can the Bible refuse. I don't believe in God. You can refuse to, to swear on a Bible, but you do have to take another sort of oath that's a like non, like a not, it's like a secular oath. And I got to okay. tell you, as if I were, uh, if, if I were prosecuting a case and you're my star witness and you're refusing to swear on the Bible, I'm losing my jury. So I'm not putting you on. Like it does affect the way the jury perceives you. Okay. Which, you know, is just the continuing problematic of Christianity and, and religion, but yeah. <laughs> they'll just say, the only thing they'll let you do is change the word swear to the word affirm and you don't have to put your hand on the Bible. But they still say it, it you affirm it to God or something? No, they say you, they take that part out too. Oh, they're complete, so they, everything religious They will they keep the out. Bible there. They will change the word swear to affirm and then they will not, they will, in most places, they will not force you to, and they'll take out the part about, um, so help you God. So okay. help you God. Yeah. yeah. Th- things that I didn't know. Good to know. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you can, and again, I, it, listen, if you guys are ever charged with anything, do yourselves a favor. If it doesn't mean anything to you anyway, put your little hand on that little Bible because you could really be looking at losing all of your validity with the jury, which isn't fair and isn't right, but it's a cold, yeah. hard reality. But like, but I'm going to burn if I touch the Bible anyway. So I don't want to do that. <laughs> but no, I'd rather you burn. If I'm your, <laughs> oh, if, damn. I'm your if I'm your lawyer and it's between you getting on the, the stand and refusing to swear on the Bible or you burning, I'm going to be like, let's take the chance, bro. Because if you don't swear on that Bible, nobody's going to, every half of the jury is going to think you're bad. Like That's it's fair. just, That's fair. yeah. So there's my, there's my little Pona uh paid for her undergrad degree today by dropping a little knowledge yeah <laughs> see that's why we keep you around I knew every it. once I knew in a while a yep. every once in a while it pays off my other can i just get my other big gripe with this series in general out of the way it is so whitewashed and it's so there's no people of color in these films and there's never any characters of any sort of marginalized identity in these films and and it's i feel like it's by design because it's such a like christian ideology that's like pushing the film along that jackie i gotta be honest i'm shocked you weren't annoyed by it just to play devil's advocate uh is it because of the time period that these things took 100 percent. no it 100 percent is which is super fair we get like one asian american character 
and the detective that they talk to uh in, yeah in the like third they, movie. They, they like sprinkle in here and there but yeah i mean it's not it's not a very inclusive cast whatsoever agreed and you're right it is to be fair it is a sign of the i thought it was an, a perfectly acceptable like you know well this is probably what it did look like back then so that's fair Although this movie took place in the 80s. It, this wasn't like it was like, you know, 1942 in the South. This no, was Massachusetts eight, 1981. At the same point, though, and like just to bring it back to the whole devil's advocate thing here, you know, I'm not talking the Bible, but uh, yeah. we didn't really see many characters outside of Ed and Lorraine and the uh, the family that was dealing with the possession. You know, like there were a few side characters, but not many talking roles so how much of a chance did they actually have to have people of color in the movie again i'm not saying that i that i'm okay with it i'm just saying like uh, eh. yeah. also can, can we just say that the the enchantress witch Bruja... okay hold on before we go into that oh, this ahead. is this is where i i this is where the movie lost me this is exactly where the movie lost me okay the again I hate scary movies with a fiery burning passion. And the first two Conjuring movies were were people versus supernatural. Right. That's what it was about. It was people versus supernatural. It was it, like it was you can't understand what's happening and you're desperately trying to, but you can't do it. And it's the demons and it's the ghosts and it's the blah, 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 whatever. This movie took that out completely. This movie went people against people, right? The witch character My used gosh. the supernatural, but the, the witch character, it was still a person. Like, Oh, oh my gosh i love you worked up you can we see this so much more often <laughs> that's the thing right like and that's where I, that's why i like i again i felt like it was a murder mystery who done it it wasn't that the who done it was a demon oh my god it was who done it this the witch. witch yeah and she wouldn't have got away with it too if it wasn't for those for those metal kids <laughs> <laughs> like just oh my god i i the movie lost so much of it for me when it turned into we need to figure out why this happened and who did this like <laughs> like what's the agenda behind it and i mean not to mention the fact the entire time i'm watching this i felt like i was watching like a bad porno because of the title the entire time <laughs> i just felt like it was the conjuring the devil made me do it like it, i it felt it sounded like a porn film to me and that, that was in the back of my head but anyway Wow. Okay. I didn't read it that way. I definitely made a lot of jokes about, well, the devil made me do it throughout the film as I was watching, but I didn't take it as a porno. I'm here for it. I would watch that porn. I mean, like yeah. I'd watch it too. The, 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 the conjuring or something. I don't know, but like, <laughs> like oh my gosh, quick, get that, get that title uh, <laughs> on a t-shirt. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, 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 yeah. Piggybacking off of the whole, it's a witch you know, people versus people. We're watching it. Uh, Chad was watching it with us and he brought up a really good point of yet another reason why this movie falls flat is there's like, there's no explanation. Like what's the connection of the, of the victims? You know, what's the point of the curse? Like, why is she doing this? Like, what is her ultimate goal? Like why that she, family? What's that? why that group of people how'd she yeah, get Arnie's like picture like yeah there's no well there's like no connection between like 
who gets chosen to get the little devil totem and like they never explain like what's the point like what is the what is her end goal with this like, curse she gives the demon some souls and then she gets a lifetime supply of pizza flavored goldfish like what <laughs> like what is like, is that a like, thing? Because I'm in. Yeah, well, yeah, like y'all are gone if that's the case. But uh, oh, um, no, but like, <laughs> but like, is this for immortality? Is this for power? Like, they never, never explain. Yeah, like, what's the point? Like, that you can't. It just kind of seemed pointless. Like, I don't I can know. Buy, then, I can buy the idea that she that she started it because she was curious. Because we got that from the from her her right. dad, the 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 priest or whatever. Like, he was like, you know, she grew curious, and like, I could I could disbelieve like put that put that aside to be like you know okay it's a person who was surrounded by this thing they're going to be interested they're going to try it out but then by the time she shows up she's very in invested in it but we don't know why we don't know like the like you said the reasoning behind it i personally really have enjoyed a handful of these movies you got to like, kind of write it up and make it flowery and you know do the whole thing you need to do to make it an entertaining movie but I don't know. Part I think I think it's a detriment to know the real story. If you've watched like the documentary or know anything about the real story and then you go into this movie, like it just so much of it there's so they took so much of an artistic license that you're just like, okay, you know, like why is this well, one of like the most haunting cases ever? I mean, like, as somebody who didn't know the original story, I was still unentertained, so Yeah. <laughs> Well, I think it's also, especially, it brings up a good bigger conversation about like the, what you owe the industry when you're, when you're playing off of the, this is a true story, right? There, it's one thing to lie at the beginning of your movie and say it's based on a true story, but then it also says everything, this is fiction. You're just trying to build that, like, uh, you know, that overall motif or whatever, but to, to have these real people's lives be fictionalized to that extent, like I would be so pissed if I was a part of that family because they've already tried to sue and be like, these people were just money grabbing at our lives as it was. And we've had to fucking carry the fact that this is our reality. But if even if you could put aside the damage this is doing to the victims in all of these cases, it's it's so cringy to me to think that like they're gonna, they just are, Hollywood is okay with monetizing real, like, people's real tragedies and like whether or not this was a possession thing whether or not Ed and Lorraine are telling the truth whether or not all of these things will ever that we'll never know there's still real people whose lives they are using to make profit and that always feels icky to me with these movies so that brings up a really good point and a conversation that Marissa and I actually had in an episode that accidentally got lost where we talked about true crime true crime podcasts, true crime TV shows, where it's the same concept. Like with a true crime podcast, anybody getting paid off of that is profiting off of somebody's tragedy. You know, the worst day of somebody's life ends up becoming the best day of someone else's when they win an Emmy or a Peabody or whatever off of the story. Now, I mean, you can hope that there is good intention of bringing, you know, bringing attention to a case that maybe is still active or a case that is closed, but is in need of awareness. Like, and, and you know, hopefully it's always done with the family of the victim's consent and blessing. You know, I know that there's a few that I've listened to where 
it's it's literally been requested by the family of the victim to do a podcast because they want the information out there because it's unsolved and they're hopeful that maybe one person will hear something and you know it can bring about a, you know a clue or whatever but it's something that i honestly myself struggle with because i'll tell you that like i'm one of those true crime junkies but i often take pause with you know where's where's the line you know what i mean like i absolutely can understand how it's like this morbid voyeuristic entertainment and again based on somebody's tragedy yeah and I mean I'm I'm a hypocrite here I listen to podcasts like my favorite murder and you know last podcast on the left that and even like little special true crime ones like serial and you know s-town and all of these and I feel like I I agree with you I think that there's a very thin line between extorting tragedy and telling good stories and and whether or not this is exploitative and and unfair to the victims i think that we're very aware now of how we handle these stories but we have such a strange fascination with true crime that like i can't even like it's just terrible it's like i feel complacent and partially responsible because i have on many occasions listened to and watched and been interested in this kind of oh yeah it you know, you take one look at my Spotify and it's like okay there's a little bit of music in there but yeah I'm listening to you know culpable to to live and die in L A you know yeah. the, all these different you know sometimes they're solved sometimes they're not solved and I always often wonder about you know yes they're focusing obviously on the victim but there's always little side characters like if you you know you listen to a certain show. And they start like naming the boyfriend or the girlfriend or, you know, the ex-girlfriend. And then you Google that person. All that comes up is their name in connection with this murder or this kidnapping or this disappearance. And like, that's kind of fucked up to make them, you know, they might have absolutely nothing to do with the case except for they dated the person once, you know, and now they're just like permanently cemented in the internet as being associated with a crime. Going back to the whole like idea with The Conjuring 3 though, like this thing happened 40 years ago, almost half a decade ago. Most people don't know the story unless you're like into that entire thing. So uh, I mean, like I understand what you guys are trying to say, but at the same time, I'm also like, eh, <laughs> like I, I, I don't know. And like I say that as somebody who doesn't have anything ridiculous, you know, happening in his life. So I don't, have to, I don't, at least right now, I'm not going to, I don't have to worry about somebody looking up my name and seeing that I'm connected to something ridiculous like that. But like, well, ridiculous is not the word I want to use. Tragic. But you know what I mean? Like it, it's yeah. been, it, it's, I almost, this is going to be a really bad comparison, but it's almost like the whole, whole idea behind spoilers. It's like, if something's been out for that long, get over it. Yeah. Like so, if you don't know that like Darth Vader is Luke's father at this point, like, you've had all this time <laughs> right right so like i'm kind of yeah, but i mean true but think about it nobody knew or was thinking about who these people were until this movie got made and now people are reminded of like i i don't know i just i feel like i listened to a podcast recently that was about a crime that happened uh, close to my hometown in the 80s and i was like man, I bet you people in that town are so pissed that this doc, that this is out there because I bet you you're right. I bet you people never thought about it much. And now that this is out there, people are going to like think about it again, you know, like having that last name or like whoever the kid of Arnie and what's her face is like, I feel bad for these. I don't know. I feel bad for them. Was this Ed and Lorraine's story to sell 
or was it this family's story to sell? Like who got paid for the rights to this story? I bet like, that would be. So uh, because Ed and Lorraine commissioned the guy who wrote the book, them and she and the guy who wrote the book, I believe, are the people who are credited with the story. Okay. So like if, if anybody had to give permission, it would be the Warrens or the estate of the Warrens. Once the film, once they wrote a book about it, it's like Amityville. Once there's mm-hmm. a book about it, the, the movie is based on the book, not on the story itself. So they don't need the permissions from the, the people themselves. They need the permissions of the people who wrote the book who had already gotten the permissions for the story. I'm, cu- I'm curious of their reaction. Did you say they tried to sue? So, right. and yes, the older brother of the little kid who was allegedly possessed, Carl Glatzel, sued Lorraine Warren in 2006 and said that the demonic possession of the brother was a complete hoax create orchestrated by Warren her husband and possibly even the girlfriend uh, of the guy in prison he also said that uh, the hoax literally drove him and his family and everyone associated with them out of being able to live in Connecticut quote it was a living hell that's why I moved I never believed their bullshit but man everybody else did this is where my brain goes, of course. Uh, when you're in a when you're at a baseball game and you're at the you're in the outfield like front row and you catch a ball that's still technically fair, and then like you make the team lose or whatever, and then you get ran out of the city because oh you made God, your team yeah. lose. Like right? same same kind of thing, just in a different uh different light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like when you catch the ball when you're supposed to let it go, fair. Like you you messed up. That's an instinctual thing. But it's not like the team put the ball in your hands and then we're like, look, they did that. Like, yeah. you know I mean? like, like that. I meant, I meant the part about getting right out of town. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I get it. I'm a Yankees fan. We, we do that. But oh, boo. <laughs> boo. yeah, it's, it's York. just, it's another case where, you know, the Warrens are involved. I mean, when people think of Amityville, they think of Ed and Lorraine Warren. And Lorraine Warren had almost nothing to do with Amityville until like well after the fact, like the Lutz family was already gone when, when the Warrens stepped in and, and hosted a seance in the house. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm entertained by their shenanigans, but I don't believe it even for a second. I mean, I still believe that, that these things could have been happening and all that kind of stuff. But like this one, I, I, I'm definitely kind of like, okay, sure. Let's come up yeah. with the most ridiculous thing that they definitely can't prove. So that way I don't go to jail. Like, no, I, yeah, yeah. I, agreed. Agreed. I think aliens, it, man. Yeah, the, the devil made me do it. Oh um, my God. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. Unfortunately, not, not, not the strongest showing. I think it's fair to say in the conjuring universe, um, I suspect there will be more though. Hopefully they'll be able to pick it back up for you guys. Yeah, we we did take a look to see. I think what there's there's the the crooked man, which is one of the characters that was in The Conjuring Two. He's apparently getting his own movie. And English Slender Man. That's yeah, who that English, is. No. <laughs> English Slender Man. He was and creepy, then, to be fair. He really was. It's so. It's like just such a drastic change from Conjuring One and Two to the to Conjuring Three. Like. Like, I well, was okay it bored. wasn't called conjuring three it was called the conjuring the devil made me do it the devil made me do it it did you know what the I'm devil just... made me do the devil made me want to check my phone the whole time 
because I was <laughs> ridiculously bored. Now, and I so and there's also rumors that there might be another nun movie. Like I said, I I can't say that I don't enjoy the Conjuring universe, even the like the Annabelle movies. Like they're ridiculous and they're dumb. I'll still watch them. I still enjoy them enough. Like where I don't think they're terrible. This one I think is just downright terrible. I don't think that I would ever watch this again, even if like. 20 years from now I'm like you know what I'm gonna do I'm gonna watch like the whole Conjuring series like from start to finish like this one just was such a waste of time and what pisses me off is it was so anticipated because it was supposed to come out in 2020 and then COVID happened and then it got pushed back again and then it got pushed back again and then finally it was like June 2021 you know, and I didn't even have to go to the movie theater. It's on HBO Max. So I get to sit in the comfort of my own home and I get to watch it. And that's what they give me. And to it be, was- To be fair, I would have been really mad if I paid a movie theater ticket for this. <laughs> I would too. If this was my first experience back in a movie theater post pandemic, I would have been pissed off. So um, yeah, I mean, I guess we kind of struck out with this one. We have, we've had so much fun with our Conjuring- uh shenanigans i will say the kid couldn't his little contortion act at the beginning had me pretty skeeved he looked like the kid from home alone who drinks the pepsi and pees the bed so i was pretty excited about that too fuller right fuller fuller, <laughs> fuller um, had a pepsi yeah fuller had a pepsi and but other than that I, i'm sad that we didn't like we didn't do what we set out to do which was scare aj <laughs> i'm 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 a little sad that you didn't get to do what you set out to do because like the thing i said about the first two movies was that i enjoyed the story i didn't enjoy how it was presented to me but i enjoyed the story this one i didn't like how it was presented to me because it wasn't presented well but also because the story wasn't exactly tight enough for me like like we talked about how we where where these connections with everybody and this random witch and this and yeah the, the little devil totem underneath the house and everything it just it, it felt uh, like a murder mystery i i've been watching a lot of criminal minds uh lately and i would have been more satisfied watching an hour or rather 45 minute long criminal minds episode than i did in this movie yeah uh, agree no that's fair i've seen better criminal minds episodes than this movie marissa our job at this point is we need to find a really good scary paranormal ghosty movie and then we can make aj poop his pants yes please like but let's maybe a paranormal activity movie i got a bunch of them the first one's my jam that movie scared me um never seen I, any of them they're the first one in my humble opinion is extremely effective and i i enjoy the myth like the mythology of the whole series so i don't mind yeah, it. the first the first three they've made a ton of sequels with paranormal activity the first three are really the only ones you need to worry about the other sequels really are kind of uh poopy sequels like you don't need to worry the first three though i find legitimately have scary elements the third one is one of my favorites and if yeah, you they're hear- creepy if you want to hear our thoughts on it we have done an episode on the first three paranormal activity movies you can check those out, but we're going to have to find a movie we haven't covered that we can try to scare AJ again. True. We'll, we'll think yeah. of something. But in the meantime, you guys, I'd like to shift our attention a little bit and talk a little bit about the two of you and your newest in, in adventure. Friendship. Uh, that is right. Finally, after months and months and months of talking about it, I am very happy to announce that Sunday, July 11th, we are Woo-hoo! launching... How did we miss this? 
<laughs> oh man. And I am beyond excited to hear you two wax on about movies that everybody else in the world has seen except you. Um, and yeah. also I just, I can't wait to hear your different, sometimes wrong, but different. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. On these films. I think it's a great concept, especially because you two play so well together as a team that I am so beyond thrilled to bring this to life. And I cannot wait till July 11th because this is the podcast we all deserve, y'all. There's been a ton of amazing blockbuster hit movies over the last 30 some odd years. And surprisingly, there's a really long list that I haven't seen. And it turns out that AJ also has a long list that he hasn't seen. Which I've been told I'm going to get punched in the face because I haven't seen some of these movies. Oh, because it's movies that like, for the record, you two both vibe in the nerd world. You're geeky in the best ways. Y'all know your shit. So when you, you say you haven't seen movies like Slumdog Millionaire, it like blows my mind. Like, because it's like, as a pop culture junkie, uh, I never miss the big blockbusters and big, everybody's talking about them at the Oscars this year. I think it's gangsta that you guys have willingly and knowingly shirked your responsibility to the to the pop culture universe but it's fascinating yeah like when you give some of the names of these movies like it blows my mind because you're both way too smart and way too pop culture aware yet you manage to like dodge these major movies and it blows my mind well, you know what, yeah. like for some of them, it's, you know, it's straight up like, oh, I want to see this movie. I don't want to see it yet, but I'm going to put it on the list of things to do. And then it just never comes around. So that's, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, and, and for me, like, I'm very much a, a, a creature of habit, you know, like. You are. Uh, <laughs> you, we don't need an explanation from, okay? <laughs> we know how you do. <laughs> well, it's like, I know, like, if I watch a trailer for a movie. Perfect timing, case in point. I watched the trailer for Halloween Kills. Halloween Kills does not look like a good movie. Fucking excited. It doesn't look like a good movie to me. Therefore, I don't need to waste my time watching it. It's I'm beyond excited. How dare you? You can be excited. I personally, the trailer is made to give you little snippets of the story and let you decide if you want to see the whole thing or not. I think the trailer makes the story look unappealing to me. Okay. So that, you know, it's not me. I'm excited. You can be, I don't want to take away anybody else's excitement. See, here's here's the thing though. You, you have had a bad habit of hiding under a rock and being like, I refuse to watch these things. And I think I'm I'm not wrong. I'm not wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying there's some, there's some, fire being spat right now she's aggressively refused to watch movies so i think this is such a learning moment for i think it's the best thing she you could do for her truly i think this podcast is gonna really like i mean this is the girl who refuses to even acknowledge that the girl ghostbusters exists let alone watch it this is the same girl who like watches the trailer for halloween kills and goes ah not for me dog like and, like i don't know like it, it i love you for it i think it's very impressive that you live this way i think it's going to be a good exercise for you to go ahead and get out of your jackie comfort comfort zone and maybe dive into movies you wouldn't ordinarily watch yeah and and that's what i'm going to do and luckily i've got aj to tag along with me who better to to go on these adventures with again someone who equally hasn't seen a shit ton of movies and you know happens to be one of my best friends to boot so 
I just don't no, want to get punched not? in the face. Yeah. That. Yeah. Which, was mo- it James? which movie? Which movie made people say they were going to punch you in the face? There was just a laundry list one day, and James just turned to me and goes, ah. "I am going to punch you in the face." I support yeah. it. I support it. I really do. I, I, there's probably movies on there that if you said to me, you'd never seen them. I would want to punch them. Like if you were like, I've never seen Casablanca. I'd nope. like, I'd, never seen I'd, it. You've seen it, Jackie, right? Bits and pieces. I've never seen oh, it all see, the way yeah, through. Yeah. You both deserve to be, pu- you should call your podcast. We deserve to be punched in the face for missing this. Not how you <laughs> That's a bit, a bit of a mouthful. Oh, uh, we'll think about it. <laughs> about him i'm just free i'm just free spitting here free thinking. yeah yeah shooting from the hip we got ideas going we're, well, we're being creative that's all well, we're just, either we're way creative. we are so excited we are so excited to follow you too not only on the podcast but also on social media and all those great places where podcasts exist we don't have all of the social media ironed out at this point but we will by the time this episode is uploaded so we will make sure to have all of that linked below Plus, we were we're gonna we're gonna spam the shit out of all of the Jersey Ghoul social media with the social media for how did we miss this? So everybody will be able to find us and uh, be ready for the launch on the 11th. Woohoo! AJ, even though we failed you, we just want to thank you for taking the time to let us scare you as per usual. I couldn't be happier that you failed. Uh, <laughs> we will not fail again no I, it's, i'm okay if you fail again it's fine no now we're like doubly determined to like make you not be able to sleep at night oh my god yeah now i'm talking like we're going from zero to 100 did here. we like talk I, about how the second conjuring movie made me like terrified to go to the bathroom did we talk about that at all i can't remember <laughs> if we did because no I but it not. makes but it makes me happy to revisit those memories uh. <laughs> Those beady yellow eyes, man, terrified oh, me. Oh, man, I can't wait to find something else worth, like, scaring you. No, thanks. Uh, well, thanks, thanks everybody. Again, uh, make sure you check out How Did We Miss This? And we will be so excited to follow your guys' antics. And Jackie, do the thing. Don't forget to check us out on social media. Just search Jersey Ghouls. You will find us there. You are going to find us on your favorite podcasting app by searching for Jersey Ghouls. Uh, bye-bye. <laughs> bye-bye. Later. listening to the Geekscape Network.